so much time trying to figure out what I'm going to say when I intro and all I can say is all right. So, all right. Welcome to the other kind radio broadcast for, I believe we're in March and I believe it's the fourth and it's the day of the Oscars. So welcome to a special Oscar edition of the other kind radio. Todd and I are going to make predictions and keep score and see whose movie knowledge is better than the other the prize being one million dollars neither of which he and i have so we're covered either way um before we get into all of that i do want to address the lack of broadcast uh shows broadcasting shows recording of shows uh for those of uh, kind listeners out there and um, <clears throat> todd and i have been uh in the workshop tinkering and planning and getting some things together so we promise to have more frequent shows. I think it's important if y'all are going to be part of our uh, listening crew that um, we, uh, we we respect that you want some, some more uh, content and not just one show every six months. So we are committed. We are going to follow this show up <clears throat> with um, a show next Sunday. Uh, reviewing all the results from the Oscars. And then I head out on the road for my IRL, my in real life job. And we're going to try and do a road broadcast too. But we're going to be committed and we're ready to make this happen. I think that was half decent. I, 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 I don't know. Um, as usual, you can always follow us on Twitter. Uh, our website is www.theotherkindradio.com, and there is a place at the bottom where you can email us and come communicate with us and tell us what we need to do or would you like us to talk about. So make sure you take some time, <clears throat> if you can, and uh, you know, give us a little feedback uh, on how we're doing. All right, without further ado, let's get things underway. I'm very excited about this show. Todd, uh, before I introduce this fine young gentleman, he is a movie buff. He has, I think he built um, in his house, it's like an 80,000 square foot theater or something that he has. George Lucas comes over all the time and watches movies. Um, he's also written, produced, and directed his own short film. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show the, the film extraordinaire, uh, Mr. Todd. Todd, please, please, please come in, come in. I, I don't think I want to because what I think I want to do is exist in that <laughs> BS thing that you just said about me that made me sound better than I am. So I'm going to sign off now. Thanks, John. Come back. Come back. I'm here. Come and it's back. not 80,000. It's 78,000. Oh, that's well, yeah. Just round up, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I like to be a little more realistic. Now, I didn't give you any, any warning about this, but I did want to bring up the fact that you had <clears throat> written and produced your own movie at one short movie at one time i did i i, I had a uh 
a short film out of film school and then did a little short as well that I've tried to get into the film business. The funny thing was, is when I got out of school, you still had to shoot on film. I'm that old um, that the digital age didn't start until about 10 years later when I was actually in television production. So I've said to you a thousand times, you and I should write something together now that it costs nothing. And now that we could shoot it on our phones, yeah. we should go make a movie. But the, didn't you, wasn't the film, the one I'm aware of that, that you did, mm-hmm. you submitted to Project Greenlight, right? The one of the I first did. versions? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So I, I, I submitted it. Uh, it was a short snippet of a film script. This film script got to, I forget how many rounds there were. I did not get to the final round. I met it past the first few rounds. And uh, the the weird thing about Project Greenlight was you submit the script and it wasn't some Hollywood person with knowledge that read the script. They let the other screen artists read the script, which in <laughs> hindsight doesn't seem very smart because all I had to do was badmouth the other scripts and host right. mine would be better. Right. And when I got to the final round, it, it was a genre. They wanted a genre film. So I wrote a, a vampire film mm. and... I decided to put in, you know, interject as many of the the tropes that I had seen through the years just to really make it have beats that worked. And one of them was at the very end that the child that was in it was suddenly in the last moment, you know, right before it would cut to black was seen to be potentially evil. And I had a woman berate me saying, I, I will never vote this script in. It was fine until you got to the end. You're abusing children. You should be ashamed of yourself. And, you know, I'm not saying that's what kept me out of the final round, but really yeah I'm, that's one of the, like the oldest things in in horror films is to make a child evil right but, chucky, but that, that's my experience you know it's just one of those you try uh, and i did try chucky cujo um damien damien cujo uh <laughs> wait i was talking children not dogs but oh. i see how you're tying it together i get it jeff sophie's choice no that's not okay <laughs> oh that, um, that's a different kind of horror film <laughs> that is that is so I, I'm really excited about this. You and I both um, uh, share a lot of love for the cinema. We talk a lot Absolutely. of movies. Um, and uh, you obviously are technically um, knowledgeable, and I'm just an idiot that watches movie and pretends to know what I'm talking about. But before we get into that, I know that uh, we haven't talked since the new year uh, or, brought, or recorded since the new year. So uh, hopefully you had a good new year. Did you? Was it quiet? Did you stay home? Did you? Um. Yeah, I think I did. I, I'm here, so I know it was safe. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if I woke up with a hangover, and because it's so hazy, I'm thinking I probably did. You might have. You might have. Yeah. And what it, what are you doing gaming-wise? I just finished Shadow of Mordor because a friend had been all over me. Um, have you played it? I have. I was shocked that I liked it as much, and what my friend told me, uh, because I liked the Batman Arkham games, he said, listen, if there's ever been Batman in the Lord of the Rings world, this might be it. And I think it has some similarities. It was a fun game. Yeah, it's it's definitely a kind of an open world, yes. uh, but progressive. Yes. Uh, I haven't played it for a long time, mm-hmm. um, but we'll look back into that. And I've, I've promised the kind listeners that we'll, we'll do some more game reviews. I recently picked up a Switch, a Nintendo Switch, mm-hmm. and I'm really enjoying the new Zelda and a few of the other games uh, that are hmm. on there as well, enjoying my mobile gaming capability. But uh, Very um, cool. you finished it, and that's the thing. The only game that I ever that I think I finished one hundred percent was uh, the first Batman Arkham Asylum. Oh, really? And I went and got all of the 
you know, all of the uh, trophies or whatever uh, mm-hmm. through there. But I haven't done that since, and it's it's harder and harder as we as as, I, as we get older. Yes, I used to be able to game and game and game, and now it, after about a half hour, I'm like, eh, take a nap. <laughs> yeah, that that was my one problem with it, and I did not finish it to the extent that I got all the little side missions. Right. I I get a little bit of tired head. Yes. And I'm like, give me some action. Let's go to it. <laughs> I don't want to just beat another orc that releases some humans that tell me thank you. Meh, been there. Exactly. So, it, it's a good game, though. Well, good, 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 good. And we'll talk, like I said, we'll talk more gaming later. But let's go yep. ahead and get into the meat of things. I know the kind listeners are here for Oscar. So I've, I've worked up a little uh, a little intro here. So we'll uh, we'll roll that and we'll get right into the show, folks. gentlemen, welcome to the 2018 Jeff versus Todd Oscar Prediction Show. Yeah, there we go. God. <laughs> Once again, I have to quit now. That was too great. I didn't know. I mean, the 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 Oscars really don't have like a theme song, so. Just, no, but if, at the close second is to go with the Olympic theme. Oh, was that the Olympic theme? Yeah, well, oh. basically I'm standing on the podium right oh. now. <laughs> I was trying to figure it. It just sounded familiar, you know. <laughs> it sounds very grand. I think you did a great job. <laughs> All right. So the way this is going to work, folks, is um, Todd's going to drive which category we go to. We're going we're gonna to work up to best of everything. And um, for some of those technical areas, he's going to give us a little uh, explanation as far as it is. So, Todd, please uh let's go first category so, uh, so i'm going to use variety's list the vi- variety's list of the major categories if i mispronounce names i'm real sorry i don't know that they're going to listen or their relatives are going to really care so <laughs> we're going to start in the visual effect category visual effects okay so what's that all right so visual effects the idea of man- not just manipulation of colors and things like that but actually changing something to the point and creating something that initially wasn't captured in the lens of the camera. Oh, so like uh, CG. Spaceships, explosions, CG. Okay, all right. Well, then just call it CG. Wow, they got to use big okay. words. Okay, achievements in CG. <laughs> right, yeah. Which actually I'm looking at all these, and it pretty much is achievements in CG. All right, so what's the real so, name of it? I'm sorry, I'm looking on my sheet. Visual effects. I oh, gotcha. Okay, all right. So the nominees are, go ahead. We have Blade Runner 2049. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Kong, Skull Island, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Ooh. and War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, boy. More apes. Um, okay. Any, anything, any, any one of them you want to comment on or anything? On, you know, huh? So when, when I look at it, I, it's, I'm going to say this right now. To me, I, in my film knowledge that Jeff purports that I'm so great at, <laughs> that I was raised on movies like others were raised on baseball. My dad would take me. He would say, this guy shot this film. He also shot that. That My dad is just one of those people that knows those things. And so that was kind of, that was almost like our baseball trading cards. Um, so much of this is such, and, and Jeff, remind me, can we cuss in this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. 
So, so much of the Academy Awards is absolute bullshit. If you want to know what the best of the year is, go look at the AFI lists and they'll put out here 10 achievements in. And they're simply saying, these are 10 things to remember for this year. Yeah. The Academy Awards is the silliness that we have to pick one that's somehow better than the other. Mm. Um, in the, that, the reason I bring that up, in this list, I look at Blade Runner 2049, a film that I wanted to love, I thought was visually stunning, yes, but a little soulless. Mm. Um, it, it's one of those maybe I'll revisit later and I'll, I'll find something I didn't see there. You know, you always bring expectations into a film whether you want to or not, and I kept wanting something. Okay, but, okay. So when I look at the list, I think Blade Runner is stunning. However, mm. and we've talked about, I do have a love of the Planet of the Apes. Yep. I do think... If you're going to do the typical Academy Award thing, which is let's award someone that's due, that's kind of how they treat it. I think that War for the Planet of the Apes almost has to get it because their advancements and character replacement is above and beyond, I think, anybody. I think those apes, while they may not be completely photorealistic, they are so so very close that it's stunning at times. So are you going to lock that in? Is that your final answer? War for the Planet of the Apes is my pick. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Blade Runner. Um, I think that's a safe pick. Yeah, I, I I did revisit and rewatch it, and I think it's one that kind of has to sit with you for a little bit, um, just because I think they got the the perfect actor to uh, to really take on that role. Guardians was great. That's kind of fun. Kong it was so long ago. I don't even remember what it was about. I, uh, I you know I, visually, Star Wars. I don't think there's any way they're gonna they're gonna give that an Oscar. Um, no. Yeah. Okay. So we've locked in uh, visual effects. What's the next one? The next we have is costume design. The idea that outside of indie films, where people are gonna potentially wear their own clothing or something that they borrowed from a, a producer, screenwriter, director, the idea that someone has to actually design clothes. Okay. And put them on them. So the nominations are Beauty and the Beast, Darkest. Mm -hmm. Hour, Arn? Yes. Hour. Yes, I can't read. Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, and Victoria and Abdul. Have you seen all these? I'm looking at the list. Hang on. The only thing I've, oh, I've not seen two Phantom Thread or Victoria and, and Abdul. I've not seen those. Is that Paula Abdul? It may be. I actually would want to see it if that's the case. <laughs> right? I should have put her first name in there. Okay. Um, I have seen Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. I have seen Phantom Thread. I have not seen any of the other ones. Oh, that's the other thing we forgot to tell the kind <laughs> listeners is uh, uh, we may not have seen all of these movies. So just, right. we've just, done our best. Yeah, just as you said, it's based on a lot of BS. So we're BSing right along with them. That's right. If they're uh, going to vote on BS, yeah. we're, we're picking on BS. <laughs> so what's your thoughts here? <sighs> So I, I've not seen the film, but I have this feeling that the Phantom Thread being a film about, to an extent, clothing. You've seen it. I haven't. I, I, I almost feel like the Academy Awards can't help but go, oh, it's about that. We have to give it to that. Mm -hmm. So I'm picking, even though, to me, Shape of Water, just as much as I think it's a fantastic film, its design in every facet is stunning. What I want to win is Shape of Water. What I have a feeling will win is Phantom Thread because I have a feeling that will be the only thing this film wins. Having sat through, and I thought it was best uh, described as glacial plot movement in 
the Phantom Thread. That's a movie that uh, goes at about uh, half of a snail's pace. Mm. But I'm going to pick that as well. It is a it is a a good movie. Um, but I do think, yeah. Oh, a, 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 a movie about making costumes and fashion, then absolutely. I think they'll side with that as well. So both of us. Well, on I, the and I of think and I, I've not, like I said, I have not seen it. But Paul Thomas Anderson, the director, is a fine director. He's done great things. Boogie Nights, the, There Will Be Blood, a number of great films. Something about this, the minute I saw it, I thought, ooh, now that's one I'll see at home. Yeah. I'm not going to rush to the theater. Yes, definitely worth doing because you can get up and take a break if you need to. All right. From what I hear, you might need the break. (laughs) Right. So we're both locked in. Okay. Uh, Phantom Thread for costume design. Where are we headed next? Makeup and hair. Okay. And only three three nominees this year. Darkest Hour, Victorian and Paula Abdul, and and Wonder. Which wonder was I haven't seen that one, but I believe that's about a special needs whatever the PC term is. Kid. Yeah, a yeah. boy with deformities and special needs. That's okay. the best I can say as well. Yeah, uh, some people have compared it to like a modern day mask with, that had yeah. uh, share in it. Yeah, and and my my daughter loved the book and has asked me oh. to see it. We've just not had the time to see it. And oh. and you know everything I read about it was it's not quite as maudlin as you would think a film like that could be. So right. When you get into a film like that that's obviously designed to pull heartstrings, it's good when they say that it doesn't go into the gutter of pulling it. Right. I'm going to feel like a real jerk if Victorian Abdul is about cancer survivors <laughs> or something and I'm making Paula Abdul jokes. It's going to be awful. I'm sorry, kind listeners. Um, comedy's not easy. So Darkest Sour obviously has uh, what's-his-face, famous actor. He's been in all types of films. You'll think of Gary, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. So he, I guess, really looks like Winston Churchill. Um, wonder obviously if you're dealing with that the actors have got to be made up with the deformities and stuff uh, so it's that's I don't know what do you go with and I'm I'm going to go with wonder on that one because it's wonder yeah well I am going to go with darkest hour for the reasons you already stated they did a fantastic job of taking Gary Oldman and making him look close enough to Winston Churchill that it was never distracting where you thought, oh, he doesn't look anything like Winston Churchill. Ah, yes. Uh, watching The Crown on Netflix. Have you watched that, Jeff? Yes. I thought John Lithgow was fantastic as Churchill, but he looks nothing like it. Right. It looked like this John one, Lithgow that was very sick. Yeah, yeah, sick and heavy. Yeah. Um, this one, they at least did just enough to to take me into the place that I could see Gary Holt Oldman as him. But, you know, Gary Oldman is one of those actors with that long career of vanishing into roles yes and taking on a oh look. so yes. I, yeah i think this is going to be irresistible for them they're, they're going to pick dark tower beautiful all right I'm, I'm glad we're getting these locked in okay next one where are we going we are going to original song oh cool and that has mighty river in the movie mudbound mary j blige call call me by your name by a oh boy. Call me. Ah. Oh, wrong oh, song. By your name. Um, <laughs> by Siphon Stevens. Uh, Remember that, Me in Coco. Um, by Christian Anderson Lopez, Robert Lopez. I'm do- this, this is why the Oscar committee is going to call me for next year. I'm going to be hosting. Stand Up for Something by Marshall Diane Warren. And This Is Me uh, for The Greatest Showman. Um, I also did a terrible job of (laughs) 
stating what movies they were in. But um, I've only seen The Greatest Showman. That's the only one I've seen. Um, have you seen any of the uh, other movies? I'm looking. Marshall, uh, Coco, Call Me. I, so one of the things that I did, Jeff, the reason I made you wait 10 minutes is I was finishing Mudbound. I just oh, watched Mudbound. Oh, okay. What is Mudbound about? Mudbound is a family moving to Mississippi, taking over a farm right after or right during the onset of World War II and the aftermath. They live in a community, obviously, in Mississippi in the south of that time. Whites and blacks, there's a lot of racial tension. And it's how two families essentially are brought together through the struggles of that and the racial tensions. Now, it doesn't sound, we hear so many of those and we think, yeah, cliched racial struggle not at all i i i I will save my opinion for later okay yeah yeah yeah. Uh, i want to say things about that film uh but i will say this powerful film so okay to me when you get into this um when i i greatest showman is this is what hollywood loves to do (laughs) they liked i've not seen it but they like to hey you made us a lot of money greatest showman was a surprise hit it started almost failing the first week but then grant gained these massive legs as word of mouth went out that it was a show uh, a crowd pleaser yeah much like so the, I, much like the plot in the movie to an extent and so yeah now you've got hollywood wanting to say something my gut feeling says that will win however you've got the uh, song from coco remember me mm-hmm. that's written by the husband wife team that's actually pretty powerful they they were part of the team behind book of mormon along with the guys from south park ah and so they've got some chops too so hollywood does like to say look at us we got somebody really good to write songs so i'm gonna go with this is me but i will not be surprised if actually one of two things either remember me or mighty river goes to mary j Blige because i'm gonna be frank she's not gonna win for best supporting actress i don't think right i'm gonna think they love to do that yes yes i'm gonna go with uh Coco. 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 Remember me, Coco. For original okay. song. And, and I'm taking notes so that it, I'm not just pausing while you talk, but we agreed that I would be the note yes, keeper. Yes, yes. I'll fill. I'll fill. Um, so, yes. So, we're, we're working well. We're doing good on time. You are listening to The Other Kind Radio with your hosts, Jeff and Todd. And this is the Oscar edition. We're uh, nowhere near halfway through, so we'll try and pick it up a bit. Um, where are we going to next? All right, we are moving on to original score. Okay, a score being the overall theme that's written for... The underwritten music. It has to be music that's written primarily for that film. Uh, It cannot be a piece that's written for another. And you can't have uh, Flight of the Valkyries by Wagner in in like Apocalypse (laughs) 2. Apocalypse 2. Apocalypse Now did. You can't say, let's nominate it. But you can take a John Williams score for jaws and nominated if it's that's the film okay well that, that's good because that's actually something that, that clears it up for me a little bit um so our nominees are dunkirk phantom thread the shape of water star wars the last jedi and three billboards outside of ebbing missouri um they don't in, this is interesting with the original song they included who um who that who wrote it but here they're they're not really including is it because it's a team of people i thought there was always one person that kind of oversaw writing of the score uh, it is in my list i actually have the nominees Hang oh um, oh good <clears throat> so for dunkirk we have hans zimmer phantom thread johnny greenwood the shape of water and i'm going to mispronounce this name 
Alexandre Desplat. Just put on the French accent and, uh, right. and you, yeah, then it sounds fine. Yes. And for Star Wars The Last Jedi, Jonah Williams. Never heard of him. Uh, yeah. Uh, three billboards. We have Carter Burwell. Oh, yeah. Oh, Burwell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, your thoughts and pick. My thoughts is it's without a question. It, it, it goes to uh, Alexander Desplat for The Shape of Water. That That score plays an integral part in setting the mood for the entire film. Mm. If they don't pick it, I think that's a huge mistake if they don't pick it. I'm going to just, I'm going to grab right onto your coattails there because I have seen three billboards and I mean, it never once was I like, wow, this is really good. So, uh, and Phantom Thread, eh, it's, <laughs> Phantom Thread is, if they had an Oscar for being subtle, long yeah. pauses, close-ups they would win so that didn't to me have a ton of music that made me feel anything so I'll, I'll follow you in the shape of water i haven't seen it yet but um i'll just i'll follow you right there there's somehow that the the composer actually evokes the feeling of rippling water ah do, do we know what other movies the that composer has worked on do you have that? give me a minute i'd be happy to research that fantastic i mean because it'd be interesting because i also do think that part of the play in these can be if that person has won uh, prior. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing that sucks about the Academy Awards. It's either they've never won and they deserve it or they've never won or they won. And you know what? They're such a stalwart. We have to give it to them again. Maybe it's it just, would it's garbage. Maybe it would be better if they like didn't tell us like yeah. who was acting. Like, I think that's Leonardo DiCaprio. And then like during the Oscars, <laughs> they, <laughs> they announce it. It's like, Oh, that was, I was, I was, was right. So Mr. Desplat wrote the score for the King's speech. Mm. Argo. Um, Argo. He's good Lord. Uh, been working quite a while. And a lot of these, <laughs> they look more perhaps foreign that I don't know. Right. Uh, the queen that had, Oh, Absolutely beautiful older woman. Why can't I think of her? Uh, Helen. Helen Helen Mirren. Mirren. Yeah. Okay. All right. So he's accomplished. Uh, I don't. Has he won any before? I didn't see any awards. Well, then we'll just make it the other kind radio fact that he is not. So we're both going with the shape of water. Okay. Okay. Shape of water for us both. Yes. We're on to production design. Ooh, tell me what this is. What is that? So production design being that just like costume design, when sets have to be designed, if you can also have production design uh, like three billboards where you have you sh- shoot practical locations, but they're somehow changing and doing it. You're going to have a production uh, design no matter what. Okay. But when you get into it, usually this award's going to go someone who does something that is eye-catching. Okay. Uh, it, subtlety does not usually win this award. Okay. So that being said, great, great explanation there. We'll go through the nominees. Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts? Where are you headed? Uh, I think that The Shape of Water is going to run a lot of the technical awards, mm. and I think it takes it here. It's the use of color, the use of, of uh, textures within the production is it's half the star of this film. This this film is truly, when you get down to, wow, they did an achievement in filmmaking of truly of putting something on the screen. I don't know that I saw anything. I'm, I'm even going to say to the extent of Blade Runner 2049, which again was a lusciously beautiful film. Yes. This film somehow is a little more magical to me Copy. because maybe I've seen Blade Runner before and that kind of thing. Right. 
I, I after after all that you just said there, I'm going to stay with Blade Runner 2049 because um, it did make huge impressions. I mean, again, I obviously not seeing the shape of water. Um, this is why we're not getting paid, folks. Um, I can't compare it, but I do like the fact that Blade Runner starts out in the middle of uh, an empty um, um, field with a small ha uh, little house, and it's very simple, and then you, you move into the city, and then you go out to the junkyard where they've got all those ships, and then towards the end you go out, I think it's to Vegas, where everything's uh, got a completely different touch. So they, they did play around a lot with that, along, along with the different offices and the yeah. building and everything. So... Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Blade Runner. I, again, it's one of those, this is the reason that I have come to, I, I watch the Academy Awards every year with my family. I call my dad after it's over and yeah. I hate every minute of it. <laughs> it's absolutely asinine that we have to say Shape of Water and Blade Runner one is better yeah. because they're not, because you're everything you said about Blade Runner, I cannot argue with. And I was just trying to justify by, sure. Hey, I've at least seen that world somewhat before. Yeah. All right, let's go on to our next category. We have sound mixing. Ah, something I know a little bit about. Um, no, I don't. Tell us. Uh, <laughs> well, there's, seriously, there's sound. You're, you're more the audio then, guy than I am. <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously, um, when a movie's put together, um, there are a lot of different steps to getting that scene where they're at a bar with music behind them and, or music being played, people dancing, people talking, and then being able to hear the uh, actor speaking and a lot of the time when it's initially shot there the people that are dancing are dancing to nothing um all of that is mixed in later and it has to be absolutely quiet so that the microphones can pick up what the actors are saying so having to go back and then rebuild and put the right music in and have the right levels of everything so when you're putting a when, when you're putting a scene together um One's not too loud, one's not too soft, and everything's just right. And then that way, the emotion and the um, what the director and the and the scriptwriter everything are trying to convey comes through clearly. Uh, and that takes a lot of work. And it's uh, even, uh, I mean, war movies are whew, some of the most difficult I can imagine. Uh, there's just a lot of layering that goes into it. So um, I hope I did justice there to to what this Oscar's for. Oh, thank you. I, I think to me, I you know. You can go back and watch silent film, and, and if you ever read film uh, theory, they're going to tell you that that film is the juxtaposition of images. How you put one image next to another, you can have a deer next to another a shot of another deer, and suddenly it's a loving thing. But if you have a shot of a deer next to an oncoming truck, it tells you two different stories. That tells you, oh dear, oh, <laughs> oh God, I set that up for you beautifully. Did you see how I did that? It was intentional. It was. Um, to me, sound mixing and sound editing, and I'm, I, that will be the next category we go to, but they are they have become languages that sometimes film snobs forget because I can put a shot of a woman walking through the woods, and if it's a serene bunch of birds tweeting, gives me one thing, but if it's somehow just the low thudding crunch of her feet through the, yep. the woods, it's ominous. Yep. So sound mixing can do that too. They can completely, to your your point of you, you may have, we need to bring sounds up you know you can suddenly put something there that is not something we as uh, humans listen to that the crunching of leaves but yeah. when they do it it tells us something that isn't there that we should concentrate on so 
to me, it's just as important as anything else in film. It is. It, it really is. So the nominees are Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, Shape of Water, and Stavuz, The Last Jedi. Um, I'm gonna get. I'm, I'll start it out this time. I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts. Go. Uh, I was very impressed with Baby Driver. That's a movie that I've seen more than once. Um, and the way they syncopated the music with the actions on the street and the gunfire mm-hmm. and things, to me, was a was a, a lasting impression. I know for maybe I've heard that from some that maybe that was something a little annoying, um, but I enjoyed it. So that was impactful. However, <clears throat> Blade Runner obviously will is a, is a top contender because they had to do all kinds of futuristic stuff and really set those different um, moods with with the sound. War movies always do well here in Dunkirk with the planes and everything else. Um, maybe a, a, a forerunner. Uh, Shape of Water didn't see, so we'll let you speak to that. And then Star Wars. I mean, I just I just I just have this gut feeling that overall people are just done with Star Wars. Um, so I'm going to go with Baby Driver. Just um, maybe not necessarily um, the smartest move, but it's a movie that I think that I think you said earlier in our conversation. Something that somebody does that's a little bit different. I'm not saying there haven't been movies before where they've syncopated stuff like that, but it did catch my attention and it made the movie more enjoyable. So I so this is where I'm going to go with what I think will win. Okay, and what I want to win. Copy. I I think that in both the sound categories, Dunkirk will win. The reason I think that <clears throat> Dunkirk is, to me, what I was saying before, a beautiful example of essentially a silent film. The dialogue within the film does very little to tell us what the story is. It may give us character thoughts and emotions. It does not propel the story to the point that the visuals and the sound do. So Star Wars is essentially a silent film as well. You can go and turn the sound down and understand through the visuals what's happening. I think huh. you can do the same with Dunkirk. But what I think Dunkirk does is add that sudden, what I talked about before, here are my stunning visuals, here's my sound that somehow evokes thoughts and and threats that weren't there. So I think Dunkirk will win. What I want to win is Baby Driver, because I had the same thing as you did. Oh, okay. I, I went to see that, and I already like Edgar Wright, the director. I think he's very talented. Even when he stumbles, I think he's probably more interesting than nine out of ten directors that I'll watch stuff. Um, the editing and the mixing of that film were stunning to me for the very reason you said it became suddenly the sound became a character in and of itself when you right. had those guns cutting you know da, 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 and it would be a beat that's going da, 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 yeah. da, da, and the guns are cutting to it 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 created this feeling that i think if you take that simple element away which is typical of edgar Wright, he loves stuff like that but if you take it away this is an entirely different movie yes yes and i loved it so i'm gonna say dunkirk i will i will be thrilled and happy to lose this category to you if baby <laughs> okay i'll be glad to take that category for you um uh, let's just segue right into sound editing you said it was next and and obviously this is uh being edu- this has been educational for me because yeah it's it's no surprise it is the same movies uh baby driver blade runner dunkirk shape of water and still is the last jedi um so let me ask you um one who watches with his family and and you know has done so year after year do these normally match up if one wins one does one win the other that's the weird thing is that and i don't have the history in front of me but i've often noticed with these categories that know what will often happen you you may have them sync up but you will have moments where they're kind of like hey 
this is a toss between Dunkirk and Baby Driver, and one will get one, one will get the other, which okay. is the most asinine thing. It's almost like those <laughs> moments when Best Director does not win Best Picture. Right, right. They, they don't make sense, but that's the Hollywood way. Right. Editing, mixing. Uh, I'll just go ahead. You know, <laughs> I'll um, I'll parry your your category you're willing to give me, and I'll go with Dunkirk. <laughs> <laughs> oh really editing. so we're gonna flip-flop here then <laughs> okay done one we for one that. right and star wars takes both of them and you and i are banging our head against the wall <laughs> it, I, back to your point earlier it's, i think it's going to take a lot for the academy to look at star wars yeah beyond the the uber franchise it is yeah and i think it's going to be something i i don't know if you recently heard about the guys that are running game of thrones when they're done they're going to go create their own star wars universe oh boy well hang on I do think that those guys have shown that they can handle big action, big character, and pretty good storytelling. I, I could see that Hollywood might eventually like that. Yeah, but and I'll only give it just a little thought on this because we need to keep keep moving along. But I mean, even with the Star with the Han Solo story coming out, yeah, to me, I, I get it, and but I also get that. The, I, I get that there's a lot of money. There's a lot of people that are going to make a lot of money. And there's 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 a young actor that's going to you know fill that role and go on to have a great career. So I'm not trying to rid them of that or rob them of that, but you know part of the part of the great thing about seeing Star Wars or a movie that that's fantasy like that is mm-hmm. you can create some of those adventures in your head and, and, and yeah. kind of figure out like, well, I you know, I always thought Han Solo was like, you know, this type of person. So to to me, I think it's a, a risk. I, I think it'll it'll with, with the social media today, everybody has an opinion. So I'm sure there'll be people that you know don't don't like it or like it. But I kind of like some of those elements being left a little more ambiguous. You know, just a little more uh, foggy, if you will. But um, I don't disagree with you. You know, you know this that Star Wars to my ten year old self was the moment my eyes opened from beyond my dad teaching me about film to when I fell in love with film. Right. What I loved and what I take away and I look back at that 10-year-old little boy is how I did exactly what you said. I went home plugging in all the gaps to that story. There's a part of me, even though I think Empire Strikes Back is actually a better film than Star Wars in many ways, there's a part of me that wishes they'd never made any more because that first film was magical because of it felt like exactly what it is. They had lifted it out of the middle of a story. Right. And if they just left it alone, it could have retained this magic. Now, I think now what they should do with Star Wars, and I promise we'll get back to Academy Award talk, but what they should do, make TV shows out of it. An episodic TV show, Star yeah. Wars, yeah. that has nothing to do with these main stories. I could live with that. But I do think they're diluting the water so much that it's just like, bleh. I got you. I got you. Here's a story about a hairy Wookiee. Who was it? Okay, maybe not. All right, what's our next category? We are on to film editing. Ah, film editing, just like sound editing. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you're, you're uh, a film is shot. Many directors do what they, they call cutting in the camera. Orson Welles was known to cut in the camera, meaning he, his shots were purposely constructed so they had to be cut to another one. And that way, Spielberg is known to do that as well, that he will shoot in the camera and or he'll cut in the camera excuse me and when they deliver it an editor can tweak some things but really they Mm. almost see what he's trying to do and it cuts a certain way but a film edit it goes from being shot to an editor assembles it they look at it they cut it they do it many can argue that a film doesn't live until the edit i i think that's preposterous i think that every element goes into them this is such a collaborative medium 
yeah film, film editing is there it's much like with baby driver when you see things like that you're like okay that stands out right so the, the movies nominated for film editing are baby driver dunkirk i tanya shape of water three billboards out of ebbing missouri so i've seen baby tanya billboards okay um, I've seen everything. Hang on, is that right? One, I've seen all of them. Wow, look at me! Oh, wow, folks, we're interrupting this broadcast of the Other Kind Radio to bring you a new show called Todd Bragging. <laughs> 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 That's cool. Okay, so actually, this our listeners are perking up now. Probably, oh, finally, they've a category where somebody's seen everything of it. Um, so you go first. What, what do you, What do you think? Okay. Uh, I'm going to say what I want to win is Baby Driver. <laughs> okay. I I don't think it has a chance in the world because this category usually is the first category that will tell you what's going to win Best Picture. A little, They're usually tied together. A little Best Picture foreplay right here. Yes. So I am going to say that The Shape of Water will win film editing. And it deservedly so. It is technically that film is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Beautifully done. I agree with everything you said. So I would like Baby Driver to win. But because this is a competition for $1 million, I have to pick something else. So I'm going to go with uh, three billboards because I did see that in the editing, there were edits. It was, it was obvious that they had edited that movie. And I'm standing by that statement. I can't decide if that's a good thing <laughs> or a bad thing. It all wasn't done in one shot. I'm just saying that. In okay. my in my I, extensive you know, cinematography, uh, and, and for those of you out there that are thinking Jeff is, just is a smartass, <laughs> I will say there are films that are uh, Hitchcock's Rope was done in nine shots. Wow! And they tried to. I think it's nine. Somebody can correct me, but I believe it was nine. And there are only nine edits. A Birdman that we recently won was. I think around the same nine to 12, 15 edits. Cause it was, you know, the camera basically yeah. follows everything and swoops through and they would be very smart where it would go into a dark doorway. And then what they do is cut it, change the, the, the reel and pull out of that dark doorway. Wow. So they felt like it never cut. Cool. All right. What's next after film editing foreign language. Oh yes. The foreign language. Yes. All right. We have uh, nominations of fantastic woman out of Chile the insult out of lebanon loveless russia on body and soul hungary and the square out of sweden i can say i have not seen any of these have you seen uh, any of these so i went from a category where i brag to a category where i <laughs> apologize I've seen them. um i am i am kind of hungry so i'm going to with i'm going to go with on body and soul out of Hungary. Hang on. I have to make our notes uh, on body and soul because Jeff is hungry. And it's out of Hungary. So. Oh. Uh, and I am going to go with, what was it? A fantastic woman because of the Me Too movement. I think most of these people have never seen these. They'll go, oh, it's a woman. We'll vote for that. Ah, out of Chile. Okay. Fantastic. Where to now? Uh, hang on. Uh, oh, I'll do it. I'll do another reset. You're listening to The Other Kind Radio 2018 Oscar Prediction Show. It's Jeff versus Todd. $1 million on the line. 
And our next category for someone to pay the uh, million dollars, but (laughs) yes, one million online. I mean, right now just seems to be the time where you just say things and it's reality. So we can play along with that too. It will be in a positive way. All right. So we are moving on to best live action short film. So explain this to me because I don't know what it is. So a short film and I don't, I don't have the current language. Um, I believe a short film has to clock in under 60 minutes. I, I could be wrong. Uh, it, it is not something that's five to 10 minutes. Uh, they can be, but they don't have to be. But they do have to clock in under feature length, which a feature length usually is considered 90 minutes or more. Okay. So this is live action short. You're going to see a lot of people that are getting their starts here. Um, so live and- action basically means just people. That is correct. Okay. Um, no CG. No, they'll have they'll have animated shorts. Okay. That. All right. Gotcha. So we've got, and I'm going to try and say this correctly. Uh, DeKalb Elementary, the eleven o'clock, my nephew Emmett, the Silent Child, Watu Wot, all of us. Those are the nominations. I've seen none of these. Um, it's 1114, so I'm going with the 11 o'clock. Okay. Uh, and I am going... Let me look over this list again. My parents would have gone with The Silent Child. Yeah. I like I like the name of The Silent Child, but for some reason, DeKalb Elementary, and maybe because it's the first on my list, I'm going to go with DeKalb. Yeah, I think I know a little bit about that, but yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Boy, we're, we're we're churning through them here, folks. Um, I wish I had the same list you did. I don't know where we're going. Where are we going? Next? Documentary short. Ah, documentary. And what makes a documentary a documentary is it cannot be fiction. Correct. And are there other like super rules or whatever? <clears throat> well, documentary is known to be one of the most problematic problematic categories for the academy because they've had exactly that when is something fabricated when is it not uh-huh. uh, and it's such a bs thing uh, there are so many great documentaries that don't even get recognition because they have these weird weird rules they're trying to rectify it but right it's crap i thought it was like they all had to start out with lying deep in the amazon jungle lives the tree frog yes that's exactly <laughs> it jeff that is the opening line to every documentary ever made if right. it must be considered because because you because you always can get out of that but this movie is not about the tree frog it's about <laughs> buffaloes <laughs> all right enough enough top fullery here we go documentary we've got uh abacus small enough to jail faces places acarius acarus last men in aleppo and strong island well, hang on. Did, I thought we were do- doing doc short subject. Did I say the wrong thing? No, I just, that was... I'm old and can't see. Let me <laughs> nix that, folks. Uh, it's Edith and Edel. Heaven is a traffic jam on the 405. Heroin in E. Knife skills and traffic stop. I don't know anything about these either. I don't either. Um... What are you going with? I like the title of Heaven is a traffic jam on the 405, but. Something about heroin or heroin e, yeah, makes me think that that they would go, oh, that one, right? Because it's like, hey, this documentary title has a parenthesis in it. Uh huh. They really thought about it, right? Or it could just be a typo. Um, 
I'm going to go with Belinda Carlisle and Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 405. That was a great song. Reminds me of my childhood. Um, they had to change it from a place in the or a traffic jam on the 405 to a place on Earth. But, you know, both are on Earth. So, yeah. So our next category is documentary feature. Yes. And and all those listeners that were laughing because I screwed it up last time, we'll re- I'll repeat the nominees. Abacus, Small Enough to Jail, Faces, Places, is that Icarus or is that how you Icarus. pronounce Icarus? Boy, my parents are so proud. My dad's listening right now. He's like, <laughs> yes, that's my son who can't read. Last Man in Aleppo and Strong Island. I have not seen any of these. Have you? No, I have not. But because the only one of them I've heard anything about is Icarus, that's going to be my pick. I'm. Uh, this is going to be a strategic move. I'm going to say the same. I think the fact that I couldn't pronounce it means that it's going to win. I that's a safe bet. I think that's the way that the uh, the academy thinks too. What 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 the is that? Right. Oh, I like it. What's our mm-hmm. next category? Cinematography. Please tell me what that is. Cinematography. The cinematographer is the person who runs the camera group. Helps to not only they uh, best way to put it is they help to take the director's vision and put it on film that can be choosing film stocks lenses they oversee lighting all of it wow uh, framing so they are truly the eye of the film now you'll have the great directors the spielbergs and whatnot who are very very in tune with their camera spielbergs known to come in knowing what lenses he wants a lens can truly change the way a film looks a lens can either give you very wide or if you have a very tuned in character moment that they'll put a lens that's a little bit longer which has more glass in it and will throw the focus out behind them so that you're only focused on the character that is the cinematographer's job wow okay and the nominations are uh, some movies that we've already seen blade runner darkest hour dunkirk mudbound in the shape of water <clears throat> your thoughts so this is another one of those where i'm really really torn i am almost 100 percent positive that Roger Deakins will win for Blade Runner because Roger Deakins is one of the great cinematographers ah. of cinema history that's never won. He came out of retirement to do it, right? Yeah, and he is... I actually don't know. Did he really? I Actually, I don't. I, <laughs> I, I know that he was he was edging towards that. Oh. I don't know that I believe his retirement. Um, and, and they this... know something I don't. <laughs> right. Um, so in, uh, and it is, is this category a little more best picture foreplay? It can be, but it can also be the consolation prize to a film that isn't going to win. Okay. But so I think he's going to win. I think the Academy has been looking for an opportunity to reward him. And I'm trying to pull up his filmography. I mean, he is a, a person that just it, it it goes back. We're talking. He he shot Fargo. He oh, that, uh, yeah. Fargo, Skyfall. He's done a ton of the uh, Coen Brothers films. Oh, brother, where art thou? Which is an absolutely beautiful film. Yeah. Uh, it just it goes on and on. The did man's he do? Um, since, did he do? He's been working since seventy five. Did he do um, the? Uh, God, I'm blanking. Uh, you got to ask yourself one question. Clint Eastwood. Um, did he do? What was the western that he, that, that he did? Um, that Clint Eastwood oh, did. Uh, Unforgiven. Yes. Was he the cinematographer on that? I don't see it, but okay. I'm also not looking probably in the right place he also did shawshank redemption oh which yeah is a that's film. a great one all right i don't see unforgiven on there so i think you are on with blade runner 
again, we can't go with this. If we, if we, we, well, I guess we both could have all the same picks because then we'd each get a million dollars. But I'm going to go with, and I'm not happy about it. I'd like Blade Runner to win, but I'm going to go with Dunkirk um, because I think that's, it's a war movie. Now, if I can put in here, this is one that I'm very torn on. I have someone I want to win desperately and she won't. Rachel Morrison for Mudbound. Ah. Is the first is the first female cinematographer to ever be nominated for this award. Will it be a Me Too result? That's it could be, but I will say this. So that was the film that I uh, I binged very quickly before we got on yeah. to record today. Stunningly shot, mm. absolutely beautiful. Uh, this this woman, Rachel Morrison. It wasn't just hey, here I am. It was like oh my god, where have you been? Wow. I, I wish she was already making more films beautiful stunning work i to me even though again i think blade runner is gorgeous she's the one this year almost like baby driver where i set up and went whoa wow it's that beautifully done all right well that's good to know and and that would be fun to uh to have take place all right after cinematography we're moving on to original screenplay original screenplay so that is basically somebody uh writes a story that's never been written before can it be adapted from it can't be adapted obviously from a book if it's original right no that's why we have the adaptive category it it has to be an original work okay from previously previously unproduced material so our nominations are the big stick get out lady bird the shape of water and three billboards outside of ebbing missouri i'll let you pick first i've got a definite decision on this one so i it it is a toss-up to me of what's going to happen the the screenplay awards are almost always the award for somebody again that isn't going to win best picture yeah um tarantino's won this because he's never won best picture i it's one of two things it's either get out jordan peele which i have a feeling may have a leg up because they're never going to give a horror film the best picture it's not going to happen i also think lady bird has a very good chance i watched that last night right um I I I understand why Hollywood's in love with it. I think this this young lady Greta Gerwig, who also directed it, did a better job writing than she did directing. And we'll get to that point when we get to director. But I guess if I'm going to go on a pick, it's Get Out. Same same here. Get Out. Okay. Yeah. I, that's why I mentioned I had it locked in because I didn't want you to think that I was uh, switching it up. But yes, Get Out. It's a good movie. Great screenplay, and for all the reasons that you said. I think that in itself will be a reason why it is. Um, and, and I like the strategy that you're talking about. And some of the things that I didn't know, and I hope the kind listeners are enjoying too, that that some of these are, are consulary. Consulary? Con, uh, con, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? <laughs> Consolation. Consolation. Oh, the consulary. And then who talks to the godfather? Yeah, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> it's live, folks. Um, okay, so... Let's yeah. So I think that yes, though, if they if they give get out an Oscar for best original screenplay, it'll be their nod, and 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 somebody walks away with it with a smile. Whereas Shape of Water, Lady Bird, and Three Billboards are kind of in the the major leagues as far as the big prizes. Right. Um, so we'll move on to adapted. Yes, adapted screenplay. Awesome. So this is Call Me by Your Name, the Disaster Artist. Uh, what is that, Logan? Molly's Game and Mudbound. Your pick? Yes. Uh, this one's hard. Because, I, again, I loved Mudbound. <clears throat> yep. But I've not seen Call Me By Your Name. It's the only film in this list I've not seen, but it is the one that I don't think it'll win Best Picture. Um, 
when you get into the cynical side of this, what is Hollywood looking for? They're going to look at things. Uh, what What is the message of the film? Right. And with it having uh, a gay supporting theme, they right. would love that, but they already did that with uh, Moonlight last year. They're not going to do it two years in a row. Right. Just one. Right. So I guess with that math, I'm going to have to say, call me by your name. Okay. Um, I'm surprised to see Logan on here. Um, did you like the film? Yeah, I did, but I, I didn't, I, I never at any point did it strike me that it was Oscar worthy. I mean, I, it just felt like another, you know, it, the story was, 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 was well put and there were some good turns and twists and stuff like that, but I never really put it in the Oscar light. And I think I, I said to someone that came to me and said, what do you think of that? And I said, I think that if you strip away that he's a superhero and maybe you make it into a Western, there you go. Then people could say, oh, wow, what a really good story. Right. Right. Um, I We all go in with a predisp predisposition to look at superhero films and think that they're trivial. I, I really was surprised by how much I liked that film. Good, 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 good. So I'm going to go to, and the only reason why is I'm going to pick The Disaster Artist, only because it won at the Golden Globes. Right. And I think that that'll be their nod. As I'm, as you're so quickly educating me on how this works, I think that'll be their nod, as it's not a really heavy hitter, triple A, whatever you want to call it, um, on the list of, of movies out last year. So um, we'll see how that works out. Um, moving on, we're we we to animated short. Animated short, okay. Uh, and we're gonna have to, we'll have to pick it up here because we're 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 at an hour, so. Uh, well, we can blaze through these two categories. Okay, so animated short. I'm trying to see what the. I'm trying to find it. Uh, go I ahead and read, read the. Off. It's Dear Basketball, Garden Party, <laughs> Lou, Negative Space, and Revolting Rhymes. All poor choices to use if you are going to be a, a member that uh, dances on stage. All bad stage names. <laughs> <laughs> just just anybody that was thinking of picking one up. Um, Lord, you go first. I'm going to say Dear Basketball just because Kobe Bryant's involved and they'll love the story of giving an Oscar to somebody that isn't a Hollywood insider. Dear, dear Basketball. I'm not even seeing that on my uh, sheet here. So I'll go with... Uh, oh, I, I found it. I will go with... Uh, Negative space. Negative space. That's a good title. That's a good pick. Right. All right. Hang on. Jeff, negative space. Let's move on to animated feature in the hopes of brevity. And I've got that in front of me. If I can read it, it is The Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. Coco. I'm sorry. Uh, Coco. <laughs> we're we're going to tie in this and we're both going to vote for Coco. Coco. I see. I see your strategy. I'd like to change my... No, I'm kidding. Next so now we're, we're on to the top, the big five. All right, the big five. We're, we're bringing it around. And for those of you who might be film geeks, yes, I know that these technically aren't the top five. I know screen, screenplay is in that, and you can all just understand I'm seeing these are the last five. You so said... we're on to director. Well, actually, let's save director. I'm going to jump to the acting categories. We're going to put director and best picture together. So let's go to supporting actors. Go. We've got the nominees of Mary J. Blige for Mudbound, Allison Janney for Itania, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf for Ladybird, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. I've seen Itania, was not that impressed. 
I think here we're going to first see our, our true intention of some Oscar uh, best film leading in. So I'm going to go with, uh, oh, you know, that's just unfair because I haven't seen it. Maybe that'll be the rule we make up for next year. You can only, <laughs> for these five, you can only nominate from from what you've seen. Oh, okay. Um, but I have a feeling that, uh, you know what? I'll go with Phantom Thread uh, because I did see it and, and it, it was a very taxing role that uh, the actress played. So I'll go with Phantom Thread. Leslie Manville is your pick. And unlike you, I really liked I, Tanya. I thought it was a pretty smart satirical look at, at what we do to people when we when we are ready to vilify those we once were supporting. And I thought that Allison Janney was borderline stunning in it. I thought she wow. found a shred. And I when I say a shred, a shred of humanity and a despicable person. Mm. I, I think that what she did and the person that I will come to pick in the sporting actor category, I think they both were able to find those bits. Wow. Okay. All right. So let's move on to supporting actor. Okay. <clears throat> and supporting actor, we have William Defoe for The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson, Three Billboards, Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer, All of the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell, Three Billboards. What do you got? Sam Rockwell. Same here. I, I, it's why, uh, I, what I said, I, I think you're, you're looking at a despicable racist, and it's gotten a lot of criticism. Hollywood loves this to go, oh, look at this. It's so smart. Oh, by the way, you, you took a reprehensible character and gave him humanity. Well, the best characters in drama are the ones that are inconsistent. Right. That one minute are despicable, but are, you know, a great example with Gary Oldman in the recent, uh, I'm sorry, the second Planet of the Apes films recently. He's a horrible villain, but then when the electricity comes on, he sees his iPad that shattered and the, the picture of his family comes up. And in that moment, he begins to cry. And we see this despicable human, all he wanted to do is protect his family. Right. We all have motivations. So I think both of these, Allison Janney and Sam, Sam Rockwell, do that exact same thing. They're despicable people. They found an ounce of truth of what their motivations were. I love it. Where are we going? Uh, We're on to Actress. Actress in a leading role, Sally Hawkins, The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards, Margaret, Margaret Robbie, I, Tanya, uh, Meryl Streep, The Post, and I really need to get reading glasses. What's that last one? Hang on. I didn't have it open. I was typing. Uh, we are so buttoned up. Oh, Saoirse Ronan for Lady Bird. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm putting on my readers right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're old. I am. Um, I'll stick with our made up our made up rule and and possibly moved into next year. And I'll go with Francis McDormand because I saw it. I really did like it. Mm-hmm. I do think that I think this is where Shape of Water is you know hitting their full stride though. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with Francis McDormand too, just because Hollywood loves her and they haven't rewarded her. Oh my God, what was the thing she won for like 20 years ago? Oh, for Fargo. Yeah, for Fargo. Yeah. She hasn't won in all that time. They want, and she is such a a ballsy lady that is also known to be so nurturing to those she loves, and they want to reward her. I do think that there's a chance that Saoirse Ronan for Lady Byrne could get it. Fantastic. But I, I think it'll go to Francis. All right. Uh, is it now actor in a supporting role? Yes, it is. Fan- and I'm typing up our actresses, so if you want to read that one. Oh, wait. No, we already did actor in a supporting role. Oh, no, we're on to actor. Oh, actor in a leading role. Yes. We have, uh, it looks like Timothy Chalhoun, call me by your name. <laughs> That's the way he likes it pronounced. I, I, you know, 
Daniel, I don't know. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis, Phantom Thread. Da- good God, Daniel Cal- Callaway. Is that what it is? Uh, Kalu- Kaluuya. Or Not something. even close. Oh, the lead actor of Get Out and Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour, Denzel Washington uh, for. I didn't. I didn't even. I don't even know what movie that is. What is it? Roman, Roman J. Israel Esquire. Yeah. It, yeah. It was. It's weird that this is one of those prestige picks because of who he is. The film got good reviews, but not on that level. You think that something's going to get him a best actor nomination. Wow. Um, and he's. But the thing is with him, he's one of those actors that you put him in a role, and he's usually pretty good at what he does. My pick for this particular category is based on the fact that, and this could backfire, but this particular individual has made it very clear that he is done acting. Um, so I think it's going to be Daniel Day-Lewis with Phantom Thread. You know, I think that's a, a good pick. I, there is a part of me that thinks they would love that, but I think that Gary Oldman has this locked up because he has been doing this so long and he's so respected. Right. Um, I think Hollywood wants to say, hey, we've noticed you and you're great. Good pick. I'd like Gary to win it because I'm a big fan of him. I am as well. Yep. So we're on to director. Ah, director. Where is director on here? Do, do, do. Go ahead. Let's see. Oh, I got it here. Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan, Get Out, Jordan Peele, Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig, Phantom Thread, Paul Thomas Anderson, and The Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro. You you've just wanted to do the show just to say his name. <laughs> right? Well, you do it in public and people just start like, looking at you weird um (laughs) i do like our new rule um i think it'll be the shape of water probably won't be jordan peele christopher nolan has won before so i'm gonna break no he's not won before oh he's not won before Mm -hmm. oh i Mm -hmm. didn't know that um i'm gonna go with the shape of water i've got I'm, i'm gonna be so far behind in points i'm just gonna break my own rule and and well, go with that. And I think that's that's a, a I think that's the smart pick. I think he wins. I what I do want to say, and I've already gone on about Mudbound. Greta Gerwig for Ladybird. This is a fine independent film. Again, the script is, it, it's fantastic. Her direction at times, I think she makes some great choices. You know, and for those that know, it, it isn't just where the camera points. It isn't how the the characters. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the actors behave in the roles. It's the tone. It's all of it. She does a great job. But the person that is, it, it is despicable that she is not nominated. Mm. And I think that this year when we talk about that there should have been more women nominated, I think you could have put Patty Jenkins for Wonder Woman here. I think that was a fine directorial effort. Ah. But the person who is not here that I think it, it makes the Academy look idiotic is Dee Reese for Mudbound. Mm. That woman delivered a stunning film. Stunning. It is. It's available through Netflix. It's a Netflix film. It it should have gotten all this recognition that it did not. I mean, we're talking. It's not even nominated for Best Picture. When again, Phantom Thread. It is only there because Daniel Day Lewis is in it. That's the only reason I think it's there. It's it is disgusting. Uh, the Academy does. This I, thing. I I agree. I mean, I see the picture you're painting, and and, and yeah, that that is sad. And and D. Reese deserved the notice in fact i'm going to go out and blast it out through our, our twitter sphere so that people can see to me she i don't i think guillermo Toro deservedly wins this that film is beautifully made it's a beautiful film he right. takes a monster film and does something magnificent with it and he, he even breaks it down to the human condition but what 
when she's not recognized, it to me it diminishes his yeah. win because he should have been up against somebody that magnificent. And and it, I mean, and there's no set number of, of nominations you can have. I just looked at Best Picture, and oh my lord, there's a no, ton of them. It is set. Every other category except Best Picture can only have five. Really? Yes. They so the reason they did that was a few years ago when The Dark Knight came out, and people were just furious that this film that again sort of like logan if you take away that it's batman and the joker and just make it into a crime film yeah that's a pretty strong film yeah and people were furious why can't a comic book film be nominated and they said well we only have five slots so it, you can now have up to 10 and it's about it's about percentages and how many uh, nominations it gets compared to something it doesn't fit in and that when they get those that's when they fit into that category wow it's stupid it's <laughs> That's good. That's a good thing to know. So, are we ready for for the the big the big last one? Right, best picture. We, we are, my friend. All right. Nominations are "Call Me by Your Name," "Darkest Hour," "Dunkirk," "Get Out," "Lady Bird," "Phantom Thread," "The Post," "The Shape of Water," and three billboards out of Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I'll let you start, sir. I you mean I don't get a timpani roll or anything for this? Um, yeah. Here. Da -dum -da -dum. <laughs> oh, you're such a good smart ass i adore you uh i there, there's no question shape of water wins yeah oh i didn't know that get out was nominated for best picture it is okay. nominated oh, and okay. that's once again that's a consolation prize it will it, if it wins it will set academy award history yeah as being you know we only had a we only had one fantasy film win in the Lord of the Rings. We we've had very few films of this ilk ever get recognition. Yeah. And comedies don't even win. You can look at some like it hot and it's ignored. So again, I'll, I'll probably be way behind in points. Um, oof, shape of water. Three billboards was pretty good, but yeah, I think the shape of water things are shaping. You had water world and you had water for chocolate. I mean, <laughs> Since these three this movies, this whole water theme is pretty pretty strong. <laughs> this is the, this is the final movie in the trilogy of water movies. So yeah, I'll break our rule. Shape of Water. However, 2019, I agree. I think it's a beautiful rule that we would have had to see it to vote for it, because um, that at least gives us a little bit more to credibility. You know, because yeah. we're sitting at about negative five, it'll move us up maybe to point one percent or something like that. So yes, I will do. Shape of Water, Best Picture, 2018 Oscars. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, I know that we've been on the air for a long time, folks. You've been fantastic in, uh, in hanging out with us and uh, listening to everything. So the way this is going to work, we're going to tally it up. I think we may have some Twitter updates later tonight, kind of talk about how the progress is. And then one week, one week from today, uh, Todd and I will get back on the air and discuss our results and either be glowing in our knowledge of film or we'll be cowering in our <laughs> in our lack of knowledge uh want to thank todd for coming on and um uh sharing this time with me todd i'll give you uh, i'll give you a last word here any final thoughts i love the smell of napalm in the morning <laughs> <laughs> well said. All right, folks. So thank you for joining us. Uh, please visit our website, www.theotherkindradio.com. We have Twitter. We have the ability at the bottom of the page to give us some feedback in. If you listen to this between now and the Oscars starting, feel free to send us your list. Uh, and once again, we'll be back 
next week with results from the show. For Todd, myself, the small studio here in Nebraska, thank you for listening. We are The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio. The other kind of radio talk radio. The other kind of